That's right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 50 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, we're going to start today's show with a true or false question about the Toronto Blue Jays, and then you're going to take it from there. So, Riley, true or false, the Toronto Blue Jays are going to be a playoff team this year. Uh, I got to say true. Mm, and good, good. we have a long and we have a long way to go to get there, but uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say true, man. It's it's got to be true. Um there's a lot of variables if we don't, I feel like um you know, we we've been taking some steps in the wrong direction, but I think like hey, man, it's uh there's there's spots we can take and uh, if it's not the first, it might be the second, but I think it's true, man. I think we're going to take a wild card spot. A wild card spot. I'm not going to say which one. I'm going to say a wild card spot. All right. I I think so too, but I just wanted to check in, take your temperature here, see how we're feeling because the Blue Jays haven't been playing good baseball lately. This continued in the series that just happened against the Baltimore Orioles. So I wanted to see where your head is at. Is do you think like this is all systems like going to drop like this Blue Jays team is going to conquer or are you still confident? This team is so good on paper. We're still going to be in a playoff spot. And I think that's the smart decision. That's where I end up on this as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's on paper. We should be 20 games above 500. We should be fighting with the Yankees for this AL East pennant, but that's uh, it's out of the question. So we're going to take this, like the kind of the parts that we're using right now to win ball games and, and just go with it. There are so many things, players, I should say, I don't want to say things. I'll say so many players that have not panned out the way we thought and mm-hmm. other players have been just a delightful surprise, man, which is, which is great. That at the end of the day, that's kind of what's holding this team together is a lot of those X factor guys. And we got a spoiler alert, but we got a little bit of notes on both of those group of players going into the episode here. So let's get into it, Riley. After the series against the Baltimore Orioles, the Jays lost another one, two out of three. They lost game one. They lost game two. They made a, it was a stressful game three, but they were able to pull out with an offensive explosion as of late. So as things stands right now, the Jays are 62 and 54. We're third place in the AL East. We're in even 10 games back of the New York Yankees. The Jays are in the third and final wild card spot as of things now. But if you look at the standings, there's a big log jam of teams that are all real close. The Rays are half a game ahead of us and are currently beating the Yankees four to two in the sixth. So that could move. That could either be tied or that could be uh, one full game up. Seattle is one game ahead of us and just one game behind us in the standing is uh, the Minnesota Twins with Baltimore and the Chicago White Sox just a game and a half back as well. So every single game from here on out, Riley, is going to be very, very important. And the Jays are going to be fine. They just need to keep winning these games. They can't afford to go into a bo- uh, big losing streak and then just let the bullets fly where they may. We totally need to win a series i I mean it it feels like it's been it feels like it's been months it really hasn't um but these last i'm gonna say these last two weeks in particular have been very stressful and have really showed kind of what we're getting out of certain players man and a lot of it it's you know what at this point i'm gonna pull out a phrase that my dad used to always tell me is i'm gonna say i'm not mad I'm just disappointed and I'm so disappointed. in a lot of these guys, man, it's, it's a lot of it's terrible. And I'm not, I'm, I'll point fingers, but I don't even think I need to say names right now. <laughs> if you watch these ball games and you listen to the pod, I mean, we all know who I'm talking about, man. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we'll get into some of those guys as we go into the episode here. Just really quick on the game recaps. Jay's lost game one, seven, three. Yusei Kikuchi is probably one of those guys you were talking about, but he was disastrous again in this start. Uh, Jay's managed just two hits and three base runners off of the Orioles bullpen. Vladdy did go deep in this one, hit a pretty, like a rocket, like a moonshot. It was kind of cool. Uh, game two, the Jays lost that one as well. It was four to two for Baltimore. Vladdy got the t- game started with a two-run home run in the first, and that was the first game the Blue Jays played with the lead in. Uh, what a week, a week and a half, five, six games at least. Uh, Alec Manoa was cruising in this start until he got to the middle innings. He gave up two in the fifth, two more in the sixth, behind four walks for Alec Manoa, which is something you don't really see. And uh, he was getting hit harder than normal too. Um, so kind of a little bit of a downstretch for Alec Manoa. And then Jays went six up, six down against the pen after Dean Kramer went seven innings against this club. And in game three, the game that happened today, Ross Stripling was amazing. The Blue Jays pulled out a six to one victory. George Springer had a clutch pinch hit go ahead single in the seventh inning and Santiago Espinal followed it up with a two run double and the Jays added three more and the Jays snapped their five game losing streak against the Baltimore Orioles. So Riley, thumbs up, thumbs down. Where do you want to start? Do we want to go some positivity? Do we want to start in the dumps? What do you think? I'm going to I'm going to start us off with some positivity mm-hmm. and that game three that happened today was was pretty important. You gave me there are three. There are almost three notes that you mentioned in game in that third game. The first one, I'll say um, the, the game three starter of the series. And that's going to be we're going to do a before and after Wheel of Fortune puzzle. <laughs> Bob Ross Stripling. Yeah, that's what painting. Schneider dubbed him. Mm-hmm. I think I, I, he was painting today. And I, you know what? I. Again, this is one of those pleasant surprise guys. This is a guy who made his money early on being a long relief guy in, you know, spot starting games. But right now, Ross Stripling, (laughs) between everything that's going on right now, seems to be a huge bright spot for this club. I mean, if it weren't for his amazing performance today, we're probably getting, you know, I'm not going to say swept. Our bats are getting good, but we're we're not taking that ball game with with the ease that we did today. I mean, it uh, it all came down to Ross Stripling, probably his best outing of the year, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you just can't beat it, man. You needed that performance today. Um, you know, huge huge momentum. I mean, the moral the, the morale now is we <clears throat> we go into the next series at least have won our last ball game instead of losing our last three ball games to Baltimore. So definitely the first thumbs up goes to Ross Stripling. I mean, I don't think you can give it to anyone else in this. Oh, you can, but I mean, (laughs) for this, for the stakes that this game was, I mean, I think you got to give it to Stripling. Yeah. Welcome back. Chicken strip six and a third innings pitch. Only one hit allowed. He had a perfect game into the seventh inning in this start, Uh, seven strikeouts, two on only 72 pitches for Ross Stripling. Like, Riley, when was the last time the Blue Jays had a start like that? Maybe Manoa or Gosman early in the year? Like, this was absolutely needed for a team that has been really struggling with its pitching performances. And Ross Stripling did just that. I'd say he's firmly locked in as our number, what, three starter right now, probably behind Gosman and Manoa. Mm-hmm. And even Manoa hasn't been pitching the best as of late. And Kevin Gosman has really stepped up. And since Ross Stripling took over the rotation spot for Hunjin Ryu when he got injured uh, earlier in the year, he has an ERA of 2.43 which is it's either fifth best in all of baseball or it's fifth best in the American league. I don't know which one, but that is ACE level stuff from Ross Stripling and having him come in here today. And when the Jays absolutely needed a win to stop a losing streak, he came out and did that great stuff for Ross Stripling. I mean, I love to use the word ACE and that's a, that's a term that does not get thrown around or I don't like throwing that term around ACE, you know, I, on the Jays right now, who I don't know who the actual ACE is um, to attach that, like, 
to Ross Stripling. Um, he's definitely not an ace, but he sure as hell is pitching like an ace pitcher right now. And that's awesome. I mean, he was, I, I was worried about him. I did not like to see him on the 15 day IL starting pitcher in the state we're in. Like mm-hmm. we needed that. We needed him to come back and have a strong performance. And he did exactly that, man. Ross Stripling is going to be one of the big uh, storylines. We need him to keep doing this if the Blue Jays are going to keep winning games and get to the playoffs here. Uh, another thumbs up. I want to give one to Mr. George Springer, another guy who's coming back from the IL there. Yeah, he made his return and he had an impact in this series. He had four hits in the series, including a double in game one. He also had a very clutch pinch it go ahead single to break a scoreless tie in the seventh of game three today. That was 1000th hit of his career, by the way. So. I was actually surprised he only had a thousand hits in his career. George Stringer has been past his 30 now, but I guess he got a late start coming from Houston and whatnot. So uh, he's still not hundred percent healthy. He like he's relegated strictly to DH duty. And the fact this is his third game back from uh, the injured list and he wasn't in the lineup, I guess John Schneider is just trying to manage him a little bit. They know they need a healthy George Springer into this lineup, but boy, that was a hell of a great weapon off the bench to get the hit when we needed it on an O2 count too. When he was behind, he took a 99 mile per hour heater right up the, right up the middle to get the Blue Jays rally started there in the seventh inning today. So thumbs up to you, George Springer. Glad to have you back. Let's keep you on the field and healthy for the rest of the season. Well, yeah, we know how this team plays when George Springer's in the lineup. And I'll tell you what, too, Jesse, I'm pretty surprised that that wasn't his 1500th hit. I mean, yeah. at this point in his career, late start, I don't know what it is. I know he's de- he's definitely not your 1990s type leadoff hitter like a Henderson, you know, he's a power first guy. It's He's a weird analytics guy. He kind of defies all those things. I think he's ranked, what, third all time in leadoff home runs. So, so like, yeah. I mean, that's certainly, you know, certainly good numbers, man. But anyways, whether it's 100 hits or a uh, thousand hits or whatever, you know, good on Springer because it, guess what? Another guy coming back from injury. And yeah, we another guy that we need in this lineup. Speaking of guys that are impact pieces in this lineup that had a good series here, how about Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? He uh, He's continuing his heater. You know, his hit streak did end at the last game of the last series there, but he hit two more home runs in this series, including some absolute laser beams, just rockets off the bat, which Vladimir Guerrero does. Vladdy is... I know he's young, right? But he's still our best player. And this team is going to, it kind of revolves around Vladimir Guerrero Jr., right? If he can get hot and really carry this team, it'll go a long way to really curing some of these offensive woes that the Blue Jays have had. And they can take the team on his back and he can just carry it today. Now, he did go 0 for 3 in the game today, but uh, I want to read you his uh, his uh, miles per hour off the bat and his expected batting averages. So he his first one today, he had 110 miles per hour off the bat. It had an expected average of 760. Now, his second one today wasn't as hard. It was 92.9, only a 180 expected batting average. And his third one, 101.5 with a 540 expected batting average. So according to the analytics and the stat cast data with how he hit today, glad he should have had two more hits. His hot streak should have been continuing. And yeah, I mean, better late than never. But Vladdy needs to start going on one of these heaters again where he can carry this team. And I'm sure he will, man. I mean, those numbers don't lie, but at the end of the day too, Jesse, and I hate to say it, it's kind of a shoulda, woulda, coulda, man. But you know yeah. what? I feel like that's, you know, literally how the ball bounces or finds the, the, the outfielder's glove in this case or infielder's glove. Like, you know, he's kind of, the moon shots are good, but when he's, he's still kind of driving the ball on the ground again, it's just, he just hits it where he has to, man. But, you know, I'm not complaining too much with the fact that he's absolutely blasting balls off of mm-hmm. the bat. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, I mean, I'm not going to tell the guy where to hit. Like you said, Jesse, he's clearly our best pure hitter. 
And um, I'm sure he'll find the man. I'm sure he'll find the the you know his hot streaks again, hitting streaks like whatever, man. Like I, I get it, twenty, twenty three, twenty four, um, you know, hit streak is is good and everything like that. But wholesale numbers, two home runs coming out of this series, and I'm sure it's going to keep up, man. I guess he passes uh, my guy Chapman um, for yeah. our team lead in home runs, yeah, which but they're yeah, having a good but, battle. Week well, I don't know if it's much, but I, I think Vladdy <laughs> should have ten more. But you know what? Those are he drives him into the ground. But you know what? That's all right, man. Vladdy seven. You know, not gonna say a down year. Certainly feels like it. Yeah. But Coming you know what? MVP, he will yeah. get there. He, he, we know. <clears throat> we know what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. can do, dude. I mean, you don't really have to even make a case for this guy. I mean, he, he should have been two for three today, Jesse. <laughs> should have. I agree. <laughs> but all right. Well, that's good stuff from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. There was some, some downside to take care of from this series, too. In fact, the Jays did lose two out of three, almost lost all three. And Riley, uh, do you want to take it the first one here? How about the game one starter in this series? <clears throat> yeah. You mean the jersey that you don't have on the wall right now? <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> well, well, we just went from talking about, well, there's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I was thinking that, Jesse. I'm glad you handed this over to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Jesse, um, it's time that you and I have a little bit of a talk. Uh-oh. Listen, man, I thought it was great, man. I thought that getting Yusei Kikuchi would have added you know, a great lefty. We saw that the velocity was up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We saw that, you know, maybe the control wasn't as bad as they said. But you know what? Let's kind of review on what's been happening this season. Um, He's been getting hit hard and hit hard often. Mm -hmm. And his walks per nine innings, though I don't have the number. Oh, it's over five. It's bad. Yeah, it's it's a pretty atrocious number. When I think the average should be almost 3.8 to 4. I mean, he's he's a whole walk and a half ahead. And he's not even getting the quality starts. You stick Kikuchi, you know, with exception to Barrios's wins loss record. I mean, Kikuchi's been our worst guy. I mean, from the eyeball test, anyways. I mean, he has certainly not performed even close to the expectation that we thought. I was big on him too, Jesse, and it just we just haven't seen the results at all. Yeah, disappointing, because I really want Yusei Kikuchi to be good, and he just hasn't been. And I think I saw the stat. Is the Jays are like 6-14 and 14 when Yusei Kikuchi makes a start this year. That is quite terrible, losing one and a half of starts. But the good news is, Riley, it sounds like we don't have to watch Yusei Kikuchi in the starting rotation anymore. John Schneider was asked um, the quote after his last start here where he only went three and a third, four hits, six runs, three walks, three strikeouts. And he said, quote, everything is on the table when deciding on what to do with Yusei Kikuchi. And I don't think it's an accident. When Ross Stripling was going to take the mound today, he was followed by the rest of the rotation. And in those guys that were following him were Kevin, uh, Kevin Gosman, Alec Manoa, Mitchell White, and um, Jose Barrios. So Yusei Kikuchi was left down in the bullpen for the game today. And uh, John Schneider actually confirmed this after the game that uh, Yusei Kikuchi will not be making his next scheduled start into uh, New York here. He will be staying in the bullpen. And with Trent Thornton, who was sent back down, it sounds like Yusei Kikuchi is going to take this Trent Thornton role and is now going to pitch out of the bullpen full time. Now, we've been asking for him to do this months ago, but it's good that they're finally getting able to do this. And if anything, the Jays need left-handers out of the bullpen this brings you a left-hander out of the bullpen. And if he can just throw anywhere close to over the plate, I think Yusei Kikuchi could be a good weapon out of the pen here. Let's wait and see. I think that uh, this is a better, you know, it's a better sample size for what he does. Let's. I think that he's either going to go 
And, you know, the first time he goes out there in his first inning, he's either going to, A, give up one hit and strike out two batters, mm-hmm. or he's going to walk three batters and give up two earned runs, like something like that. It's either going to go really good or really bad. And we know, hey, we know that he could he can go multiple innings. Obviously, he's starter p- starting pitcher. But let's let's just get him some confidence back. I think that's, that's what, what Mr. Mr. Yes. Kikuchi needs is a little bit of confidence. Let's put him in the part of the order where it ha- where the three guys do up two of them are left-handed hit batters and let's let's let him work a little bit on on that in the middle innings of a ball game where you know what I don't think leverage matters he should be able to pitch in high leverage situations yes our trust in him has gone down mm-hmm. significantly but I still feel like he should be <clears throat> be able to go an inning and we'll kind of see where where he's at obviously not making the start but if he comes in in a fifth, sixth, seventh inning situation, I mean, I'm curious to see that. It never, it's never fun to demote a starter to the to the long relief spot. But hey, man, you got in this case, you got to do it. Almost yeah. overdue. Yeah, he couldn't be making any more starts for this team. And it's one of those things with the confidence for Kikuchi. Is it having good results makes you confident, or are you confident and that gives you good results? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe uh, just a few good starts or a few good relief bullpen performances under his belt will be a good thing for you, say Kikuchi. Another guy who's kind of underperformed for this Blue Jays lately has been Alejandro Kirk. And O'Reilly, I know we had gave him a thumbs down in one of our previous episodes here and said, well, it's been a while since we've given Alejandro Kirk a thumbs down, but it hasn't really gotten much better. And since his time to the All-Star game this year, he's played 19 games. Now, this was coming into the game today. He did hit a double today, so that does make it a little better. But uh, he was only hitting 224, 312, 284 for an OPS of 595 and a WRC plus of 72. <laughs> only two extra base hits before today since the All-Star game. And like, he's kind of been lackluster behind the plate as well. Like in this series, he had a throw from Teoscar Hernandez where he could have run, uh, nabbed a runner at the plate, but he dropped it. He had a few throwing errors in the first game of this, or maybe it was the, uh, early in his homestand, at least. I know he had it. So he's been struggling as a whole. And if he's still hitting third or fourth in the order, that's kind of a problem. Yeah, they moved him down, did they not, Jesse? I believe he hit eighth or ninth the other day. No, fourth I think today. That, was he fourth today? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like he bet. Well, he should have tried to to hit down in the order. I don't know. Maybe I maybe it was a dream I had, Jesse. That <laughs> happens. Sometimes I get dreams in reality mixed up. <laughs> here's here's the dream I had, though. Speaking of that, Jesse, I had a dream that after the All-Star game, Alejandro Kirk went on to win the Silver Slugger with with 20 home runs mm-hmm. and, a you like know, with a, with a 282 batting average to finish the year with a boat boatload of RBIs. And then I woke up and the reality of it is that, yes, he has not performed since, you know, July. And here we are <clears throat> knocking on the door of, you know, I'm going to say knocking on the door of September. There's two, two and a half weeks left of, of August baseball. This is a baseball that really matters here. I think that this, I'm not going to say it's more important than September, but this opens up the door for the last 28 games. And yeah, we're going to have to roll with Kirk. He's our guy. We know this. I don't know mm-hmm. the Moreno deal. I don't know what they're planning, but Kirk's got to Kirk's got to get on the stick a little bit here and, you know, create some offense, man. Yeah, the defense 
defense. I'm fine with uh, some airs when the when the guys, you know, guys making some great at bats. You know, a, a famous guy for that is Mike Piazza, terrible defender. But you know, when he comes up and hits a three run home run, and then they're like, ah, it really didn't matter about that throwing there by Piazza. <laughs> but you know, it doesn't matter. And I'd like to think, yeah, well, that didn't come back to haunt Kirk. But the fact that he's hitting under 250 in that span is like, yeah, well, those sewing airs do come back to haunt us because we're not getting any created runs off of them. Exactly. So, Riley, we have a lot left to get to in a limited amount of time. So I'm going to just shout out a random little fact that you're a piece of knowledge and you in about one or two sentences, give me what your thoughts are on it. All right. Go. All right. In the month of July, the Blue Jays bullpen had a 26.3 strikeout percentage, which was sixth best in baseball. In the month of August, it's 19.1, which is 29th in baseball, and is the lowest it's been in a month for a Blue Jays team in over eight years. Any takeaways on that? Lack of Blue Jays strikeouts? I'm just surprised. I don't think our bullpen's actually been been that bad. I think they've, in the whole scale, they've been better than our starting pitchers. Yep. A lot of it is Romano hasn't been pitching much because we haven't been winning many games and he's our best strikeout reliever. So I think that has a lot to do with it too. Another one here. Coming into Wednesday's game, the Blue Jays have scored 43 runs in August, which is just 27th again in all of baseball. So the offense isn't putting it together. We should be a top five offensive team. Doesn't matter the month, the like the week, whatever. We should we should be with this lineup a top five offense team in all of baseball. Santiago Espinal had a double in the seventh inning today to drive in two runs, which was his first. Or I think I don't know if his first, but it's only a second or third extra base hit since mid July. Yeah, that's I mean good on Espinal, and I made sure that you mentioned that because mm-hmm. Espinal needs a little bit of love. It's good, but yeah, maybe maybe just started hot this year. Yep, I agree. All right, Riley, quick little trivia question. Bradley Zimmer was just DFA'd by this team, and he was awfully dreadful with uh, the, with the bat at the plate this season. He ended up the season or his Blue Jays tenure with a 446 OPS, which is the 13th worst in Blue Jays history with the players who had at least 50 plate appearances. Now, Riley, there was one other Blue Jay over the past five years who got 50 plate appearances who had an OPS worse than Bradley Zimmer's uh, 460, 446. Can you name who that player was? Steve Tolleson. No, um, he was a catcher and he played over this past five years with this team. Um, oh, what's his name? Oh, Dickie's catcher there, Josh Tolley. It wasn't Tolley, but Tolley was on the list. He was just a little bit ahead of Bradley Zimmer. It was actually Luke Maley, who is the only player in the past five oh. years who's had a worse OPS with at least 50 at bats than Bradley Zimmer had. Wow. Wow. I'm surprised. I, well, you know what, for me saying, uh, Josh Tolley, I don't think that's too far off either. I'd say good on Luke Maley, but bad on Luke Maley. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. Some little news and notes here. Mitch White is officially in the starting rotation. He will get the start Saturday against the New York Yankees and Yusei Kikuchi is in the bullpen. We talked a little bit about that earlier. The Blue Jays have signed outfielder slash first baseman Yoshi Tostugo to a minor league deal. And he just reported with Buffalo playing in his first game there today. Um, the Blue Jays are showing interest in right-handed pitcher Ken Giles, who played for the Blue Jays several times before and was just DFA'd by Seattle Mariners. And Riley, the Blue Jays sold over $43,000 dogs on Tuesday, bringing the year-to-date total to dollar dogs sold at just under 300000 roughly 1.17 hot dogs per fan that has shown up to the Rogers Center on dollar dog night this year. So Riley, any major takeaways from the news and notes there? That's a lot of wieners. <laughs> is honestly (laughs) no that's i mean well hey man i i actually you know what i know i can't even make this up man i had two hot dogs for dinner every night before baseball 
Um, I, I play baseball. I like to get a hot dog to get that real baseball feeling. Absolutely. Be champs, yeah. by, be, be champs, by the way. I just want to throw that in. I was two for four tonight. Just want to just want to <laughs> just want to make that in. Don't get to talk a lot about myself on the show. So good year. Uh, let's uh, focus on the Parkers Pirates uh, season. Hope they do well, too. Yeah, no, <laughs> we're done. Our men's league, too. But that's uh, always next year. We're fine. And hopefully we can, Riley, the Blue Jays can use some of that B championship mojo that you're putting out here, and they can carry it on to hopefully the A championship for Major League Baseball this year, as there are no consolidation brackets or anything like that for the Blue Jays. But we uh, we need to make it done. Um, well, with that, Riley, the Blue Jays are moving down to the Bronx to begin a four-game weekend series against the AL East leading New York Yankees. Now, the Yankees have been kind of struggling team two as well as the Blue Jays. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10, and they're currently losing again to the Tampa Bay Rays right now. But they're still a very potent team. They still do a lot of things very well. So the Blue Jays are going to be in tough. They're going to have to go into Yankee Stadium and win some games here. Game one is going to be Jose Barrios against, I guess, our enemy now, Frankie Montas who hasn't really pitched well since joining the Yankees. The Blue Jays are going to have their chance to rough him up here. Game two is going to be Kevin Gosman against Jamison Tyone. Game three will be Mitch White against Garrett Cole. And game four will be Alec Manoa against Nestor Cortez. So, Riley, how do you think we're going to fare in this big, big, big series in the Bronx in New York? Well, <clears throat> well I would really be happy with a split. Um, Nestor Cortez is sneakily one of the better MLB pitchers right now that is not a household name. Garrett Cole has struggled a little bit for them. Jamison Tyon, I think, is, I mean, pretty sub- sub you know par for what he usually does i think for pitts did for pittsburgh yeah wow P- pittsburgh sold all their pitchers to the yankees i just realized <laughs> Honestly, yeah. and, wow and um <laughs> like man it doesn't matter first and foremost i hate the yankees but they're a scary team dude anytime we play the new york yankees i just i get this weird feeling there are 20 28 other teams we can play, man. And Mm -hmm. I go in and watch the games and think, you know what, whatever. But nothing makes me more nervous, Jesse, than a four-game road stand with the New York Yankees, dude. I'm really, really pulling for a split here. Anything more, I'd be ecstatic. I really don't want to, you know, lose this series either, man. I mean, but we got to keep persevering in this, man. I mean... We're coming off a, a, I'll say, a big win against Baltimore. Hopefully, t- uh, Tampa, you know, takes a little bit of wind out of the Yankees' sails. But, hey, man, this might be one of our more tough series all season long right here. It's got to be nerve-wracking going in to face New York, a place the Jays historically have never really done so great and uh, with so much on the line, too. But, Riley, I'm going to lay out the path for you of how the Blue Jays can get a sweep in this series. Ready? All right. I'll envision this when you talk. All right. Game one's Jose Barrios, who has been quite terrible as of late. But we've seen these glimpses of every like wild stuff going from Jose Barrios where just things click for him on a dime. He gets that curveball working. There's a lot of swing and miss in the Yankees lineup. Maybe you can use that curveball. Jay's offense score five or six runs. We got to win in game one. Kevin Gosman in game two has a vintage Kevin Gosman performance. That splitter is unhittable. No one can touch him. Jay's only scored twice, but that's all they need. And they win that game two one. Now game three is going to be the tough one on paper. Garrett Cole versus Mitch White, but Mitch White has thrown strikes. He's battling, you know, he, 
he's been somewhat effective and the Jays have really hit Garrett Cole well in his career. I'd expect a big game from Teoscar Hernandez in that one. And maybe even Matt Chapman takes him deep too. And the Blue Jays will sneak out a dub, maybe get a blown save in there out of the Yankees bullpen. Um, so I'm calling that one. And then game three, it's Alec Manoa. I'd say all he does is win, but we've lost four of his last starts. But Manoa, you know, I kind of believe over Nestor Cortez. You know, I think he can get that done. So there's a path here on how the Blue Jays are going to get a sweep against the Yankees. But I, I really want to say we win at least three out of these games here. But Riley, it's it's tough. I think the split's the way to go with how this Blue Jays team is playing right now, and they certainly haven't given us much faith for more. Well, geez, man, I I sure hope we sweep them. I just I just lived through in my head right there, Jesse, mm-hmm. the 38 innings of those four games. I just played them through my head as you yeah, described them, good. just like that, and that was great. And they, you know, they they lost uh, their real closer there, that Holmes guy. Yeah, maybe um, you know, bring in another guy like that. Manoa's due for a win. I do think Kevin Gosman is going to bring this stuff, but <laughs> the thing that worries me is that one or two of those pitchers are going to shut us down and we don't get that good Jose Barrios start. I mean, I'm not trying to be a skeptic, but at the same time too, history tends to repeat itself and against against the team like the Yankees, man, like you got to be on your game. I really think Gosman's going to have it. I really think Manoa's going to have it, man. Um, Still want to see what Mitch Waite does. I'm definitely still 50 50 with him. Like, I'm definitely happy we have him because he's giving us good innings thus far. Mm-hmm. But for Rios, I mean, he's really going to have to do something for me to change my mind. Before he came to Toronto, my favorite American League Central pitcher played for the Twins. And now he is probably my least favorite Jays pitcher. Well, I'll pair him with another guy. But I mean, <laughs> hey, man, it's been a rough year for him, man. I got to see something different. Absolutely. And we just got to hope. We just got to hope and pray that the Blue Jays can come out of this series looking good with some positive storylines here. So that'll do it for episode here today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Be sure to like and subscribe and leave us a five star review and all that fun stuff. And Riley, 50th episode of Buds and Blue Jays. I think that's our first real milestone you and I have hit doing this podcast. So thumbs up to you, thumbs up to me, and thumbs up for everyone who's been watching us the way. Anything else you want to add, Riley, before we get out of here today? What's more impressive, us with 50 episodes or George Springer with a thousand hits? Let us yeah. know in the comment. Well, let go. us know in the comments if you thought we had more or less episodes. Because I mean, go with same with George Springer. I thought he would have had it. If I thought if it was a milestone, it'd be at least 1500 for him. Mm-hmm. I thought so too, but uh, it is what it is. Anyways, we'll see everyone later. Let's good luck in the Bronx and let's go Blue Jays. Let's go Jays. Thanks, guys.